Hello and what's going on? My name is Rich Ryan, Reinforced Running Podcast. What's up? So, this very special episode we've got going on for your first time we've ever done something like this. We are reviewing the race that just happened at San Luis Obispo for Spartan. If you heard the draft last week, my friends Brock and Crocker and Jack Bauer, they're back. We're going to talk about the results of those races and what it means for the season going forward. We have some hot takes that you're not going to want to miss. And we talk about the results of the draft. We go through everybody that we picked out and we talk about the race that we think that they had. <laughs> There's no coverage that has been put out now. So we're bringing that coverage to you because we're sitting there like watching the live, whatever, <laughs> like the live results, the Instagram, all that stuff. We talk about how we think we figured out how this race went, uh, but I think we got pretty close. So if you enjoyed the draft, you're really going to enjoy this. If you enjoy the sport of Spartan Race and OCR, you're going to enjoy this. So let's just get to it. My guys, Jack Bauer, Rack and Crocker. All right, we are on today. Our goal is to talk about uh, Spartan Race Slow, give some of our initial reactions to the race. But first, special guests. This man needs no introduction. He was the 2015 OCR Warrior World World Champion. Bracken Crocker. Hello, Bracken. How are you? Excellent. And this man, you may not remember, but also participated in the 2015 Warrior uh, OCR Warrior Championship, Jack Bauer. What's up, Jack? Got smoked by Bracken then, but it's going on, Rich. That is, yeah, I actually did get down a bit of a hole when you guys started sending that out. For, for those listening, there is a there was a race. Ex, you guys may have explained this someplace at this point, but the, it, it looked like it was like a mix of what OCR World Championship was. There's like some of those races that were involved, but like some of the obstacles that was him. I didn't, what was that thing? Bracken's the champ. Let him take it. The world, world champ. Yeah. The world champ. It, I think it was just Brett Stewart's little baby. He wanted to make a short course show and championship. He thought it was most palatable. And he was involved with Atlas Race. And so he mm. also was involved with OCR Worlds. And he had access to a lot of the obstacles. And they just built little mini obstacle courses that you would do after the Atlas Race. So like Jack and I did it in San Antonio. There was a big cash on that one. It was a couple thousand for each place. And they paid out in actual cash. They just gave you stacks of hundreds. Whoa. On the podium, which was awesome. That is awesome. Man, my stacks is generous. <laughs> a couple, like, four to five. <laughs> so we, we'd fly down there for that. And then turn out there's this OCR warrior thing that we weren't sure of, but they were giving ice bug gift certificates away for the winner and some X race wear. X race wear. Is that what it was? X race wear. There's a lot so, of sponsors yeah. involved. It was like a, a knockout style. You had to run a time trial qualifier to make the tournament. And then you had to run a semi prelim and final or just a, so a semi eight, 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 four, two, eight, four, two. Oh, eight. oh no, wait, there was, there were like 50 people who did earlier. You're right. To get to the eight, you had to do a time trial. They took the top eight times from the time yeah. trial solo run of the course. Yeah. Just uh-huh. one down to the end. And then the knockout, you went down and back. Yeah. Oh, oh wow. So you had to do it one, one time down probably took what? 60 seconds. It was so like 30, less, 30. Yeah, wow. That's fast. And Benny dinged me. I got DQ'd my first time trial. So I had to run a second time trial. <laughs> do you want, do you want to know what's hilarious? So Benny was the referee in, in our head to head matchup. Right I there. saw him and, on and, the broadcast. And it was like, was like Benny ben, and it was like, Benny, you're here to make sure that none of these guys skirt the rules. I did a savage race, like my second race ever a few months before that. And Benny was in it. I got third behind Yuri and Benny got second and we got to a mud pit and Benny ran like, 
20 feet outside. He's like, I'm not going in that thing. And I slowly trudged through it. And I ended up losing to him by like 20, 30 seconds. And I'm like, he, this guy cheated. And, and I kind of held that against him when he was the referee. I'm like, screw you, man. You're the cheater. And then obviously I'm friends with him now. So no grudges, but. If anyone goes down the rabbit hole and watches this, you'll see this point where I drop the sandbag and then turn around and look over my shoulder with like wide eyes. Prior to it, Brett Stewart sat us down and he said, listen, these rec bigs are expensive, but they tear easy if they hit metal. And this flag, this post we have here has exposed metal edge. So do not slam this thing into the post. It's going to rip and I'm going to DQ you. And the very first thing I did <laughs> during the competition, I, th- I threw it over my shoulder and it sliced open right against that thing. Oh, and, I no. the rec and I stopped and looked back and Brett was just like, <laughs> I kept, kept doing it but i thought there you go i just lost lost money and that that was real that was really unique um i remember seeing you later in the day uh th- they had like chain monkey bars essentially and you just essentially did a long jump you just tapped the last you had to touch them all you had to touch every one and, yeah. and bracken like you know along mm-hmm. the way and i was like that's smart so he was debating before you know that even became standard I must say the explosive ability that you had, Bracken, was pretty solid. Yeah. Do you still got that in you? Like that was like yeah. fast twitch, really moving, really going, like like fast starts out the blocks type of thing. Looking athletic. Now I'm a toot my own horn kind of guy. <laughs> but so humble. oftentimes people talk about how courses don't suit their true skill set. I feel like I have as big of a gripe as anyone that if we ever truly brought out courses that suited my skill set you'd be looking at like a just a different landscape if we ever brought that into a legitimate package like that's that's my that's me at my core but there's just never been a market and so you move on it's i was thinking about it this is a decent segue because we're going to talk about some gripes i feel like that Mm-hmm. On this first course at Spartan, but I was thinking like it wasn't an awful way to consume it, but I don't see how it's any different than uh, uh, Ultimate Ninja Warrior, American Ninja Warrior, right? Like it's basically a less impressive looking Ninja Warrior is what you guys were kind you of. You got to choose fast or impressive. Head to head. Yeah, you know that's the only difference. And yeah, it's speed to be it, fast, right? you got to water it down, and then yeah, everyone exactly. who wants to watch that. So no, there's never been a market for like a a one to two minute OCR. Yeah. Yeah. I like the format though, the knockout format. That's what uh, Ruck games are going to be really? after the second day. The first day, I believe there's going to be three workouts and like a long Ruck. This is just kind of what I'm piecing together. And then you qualify for that first day. Cause I think there's, there's a bunch of people who like 30 something maybe. And then the top 16 move on this to the second day. And then it's a bracket style. So it'll be mm. like eight workout or four workouts. Um, to, to get the, the actual champion. So we'll see that kind of style of uh, competition this year. Should so two tired? notes there. First of all, in that final at San Antonio, Hobie Call was on the sideline and he bet me dinner that I wouldn't try to two rope climb and kiss the... I the, did uh, notice yeah. that. I noticed well, that. It I looks was, weird if you didn't know the background. I was like, in the final, do they have to do the double rope climb? He said, if you can get far enough ahead and if you can get up that and kiss that skull, I'll buy you a steak dinner tonight. That was the only goal is get a steak dinner from like home. a real, not like a, a chicken fried steak, like an actual steak. He's a big steak, steak guy. Yeah. Nice. Really? Okay. But then at OCR Worlds that year at King's Domain in Oregonia, Oregonia, Ohio, yeah. Oregonia, they had this on Friday. And so it was same kind of thing. They did waves of like eight athletes 
and there's a 500 meter time trial, like a mass start time trial, it's like prelims. And they took the winner from each or the top two from each heat into the finals. Mm -hmm. And the prelims were actually a tougher course than the final. You got to the final and they removed all the technicality other than Dragon's Back and the, the Skull Valley. All the other stuff was taken out. And so there was like a 200 meter running stretch that you didn't see. Hmm. And so it really just came down to like. Best runner. Who was 800 runner. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the prelims was a black and everyone did it. Like Atkins did it. Uh, I'm trying to think all the overseas guys did it. Cause it was. Like, Woodnell, he was in the final. I remember him. It was going to cost, take you a, a minute and a half to do the prelims. So yeah. everyone just jumped in and then it was, it was a blast. Well, congrats on, on winning. <sighs> It, you know, it's long overdue. Yeah. yeah. It's not recognized as an official world title, so I still can't put that on my resume. <laughs> I'm not OCR world championship world champion. I'm Atlas or I'm what is OCR, it? OCR Warrior. Warrior. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was hosted world. at OCR Worlds, but it was not a sanctioned event. Ah, semantics. I got boned. Were you undefeated? Did you retire undefeated any head to head? Those are the only two I did. There you go. Doesn't matter. Undefeated. Unbeaten and untied. Yeah. We, we got to bring it back. So let's first talk. Let's get to the Spartan. Spartan Slow it just happened this past weekend. First, let's talk about how we consumed this thing. We, As we're talking, we haven't seen the live coverage. And we decided as a group, we're like, you know what? We don't want to have to wait for Spartan. We don't want to rely on Spartan for everything all the time. So we were able to kind of patch it together as best as we could through some of the social media stuff. And now from hearing from some of the stories of the athletes and just by the live results that that is now are now on the Spartan website. So Bracken, you and I were kind of doing that. We were kind of patching it together. Mm-hmm. And I was in a car driving three hours from Charleston to Charlotte trying which to, had I known I wouldn't have been messaging you so frequently no I was I, I, my my wife might not have been the the happiest but I was like I'm working listen hey oh she took the wheel you were you were <laughs> yeah yeah I was okay. I was working gotcha. on the sidelines so that's acceptable then yes for sure and I was like kind of glued to the thing trying waiting to get uh, updates was that pretty similar how you were doing at Bracken uh yeah because I the weekend got me I we still had it in my head that Saturday is go time. So I scheduled a big workout Saturday morning so that it would chew up all my time. Cause West coast, there's just a lot of time to, to kill before the mm-hmm. race starts at 9am. And then I realized partway through, there's not even a race today. So Sunday <laughs> I had nothing to do and I was just aimless. Just refresh, refresh, refresh <laughs> two devices. Apparently I would have, I would have had it on my computer and on my phone trying to get the Instagram. I was just on my phone. The live I results. Did. I actually did. I had I did. I'm, the phone going. I'm sure you did. I would have too. The live results were not live, at least mobile. <sighs> Were they, did you get any results like on iPad or, or desktop? Like, were they updating by sector or whatever? They updated by sector, but by sectors were like 15 minutes apart. Reception sucked at the venue. And so it was I, delayed. So I had Cole DeRosa's live feed. Um, I, did, did he message you guys? Because I saw him right after the men's start. I'm like, message Bracken and Rich. They want to know. He, so. ta- he tagged us, I think, in a okay. post, but it was a post that wasn't the stream. And then. Okay. So I was like kind of back and forth on where, where it was. I didn't get a good chance to like. Brant Boggs went live. I was following I saw him. Brant's too. Jess Dozer, Peterson, Kirk's yeah. girlfriend was sending some, some videos to me. Yeah. And then Spartan started to put their stories up and ORM had some stories that weren't great, I guess. I guess you couldn't get on. 
What's that? OCR report, OCR report had, had some. some. I guess you needed a media pass to be recording anything on the actual course. Mm. So the people who were there were probably kind of, it had to be like confined to the start or finish area or whatever. But uh, eventually we were able to kind of patch it together. But but the results kind of came in before we could really see what was going on. Um, so Jack, you were on the scene. I had so, a really good view of the women's race. So arguably the best. I'm. Yeah. Uh, we, we saw you on someone's story watching like recording Olympus. So I knew you were like right in the mix at that five. Yep. yep. So I, I basically got gatored to, or I did the intro with Steve. So whenever that comes out, like, you know, the typical we're here, here's the 10 K court. That, so I did that. Um, then recorded a little bit of the beginning of the men's race and then quickly got on a gator, got positioned at obstacle one, saw Renee with a 30 second lead over Emma <laughs> and Lindsay. And I was like, did she do it? Did she, is she, did she put it together? Like, is this, this the time dry course looking crazy fast? And then Jack at that point now, maybe 10 minutes before that, right before the start. Yeah. I texted rich and rich. What did I say? You said, Emma's going to, I think you said the word kill everybody. I said, I'm calling it right now. Emma's Emma. going to crush Lindsay. And I said, what does crush mean? And I think you said 60 seconds. I said over a minute, over a minute, over a minute. That's I just had that feeling like this is too fast. It's over. Yeah, so so Renee goes and then right eight foot wall, six foot wall, and then Renee struggled a little bit. Emma caught up with her, and the two of them were running together on for the next mile and a half. And Lindsay's still a little bit in the distance, and they were holding on uneven terrain, six twenty five, six thirty pace. Um, once they got onto that dry flat road, five fifty five to six flat pace. Like, nice, they're moving um that yeah so i, I was like all right there <laughs> this this means business today and then slowly but surely Lindsay kept getting a little bit closer a little bit closer and then emma um her knees grazed the bottom on olympus i but wondered like, what happened there because all i could see on the video was the yeah. bell ringing her ringing and her saying something like oh oh no i think she apologized for failing it i'm dead serious <laughs> oh, i'm We're sorry just like, yeah. like oh no sorry yes like <laughs> You did it. But, um, but yeah, Lindsay was was getting closer then. So she did a penalty loop. Penalty loops were legit. They they took probably two minutes and were not on even terrains. So, uh, like the rest of this is a very runnable course, but they put you in like a dry riverbed having to hop over a couple of trees and stuff like that. It, it was fair. Um, obviously, it doesn't have the same toll as having to do burpees, um, which was at the sphere, but it, it was a, a fair penalty loop compared to what was seen in the past. Um, and then Lindsay just kind of got locked in. And then I dropped back to focus on the battle for like three through eight. Is that I'd what say. you did or did yeah. you get dropped? hundred <laughs> percent. They, they, they told me they're like, we want action for that. And I, and I already told you, I think after this race, I could, I could increase it up to a 10 K keeping up with Emma. Yeah. I was feeling fine. Is it your call then? Are you because that is something that does happen in, in these yes. in the past? My, I was on a gator with this guy Taylor who worked for Spartan, and then um, this guy Greg who was also rabbiting for the first time, um, covering the women's race. And while well, JP Donovan, the that you guys know him from the mountain, um, from his mountain running background, he did Spartan a couple times, normal cameraman, and Steve Hammond, they did the men's race. Um, Taylor was with me, and he, like we kind of got a briefing from the overall group uh, or, you know, the head to production beforehand, it's like, you know, that we're probably going to have a little bit of a breakaway. It'd be cool if while they're battling you on them, but honestly, if the battle for third through fifth is better, stick with them for a while. 
Nice. Um, so that's what I ended up doing. I got to the spear throw at the same exact time as like Rose, Alex, Ida, Chris Rogowski, Ariel, all there. I was like, this is this is a battle. And we've still got a couple miles left, but they're all together this deep into the race. Um, at Chris, that point, yeah. who looked the best coming in? Because we had burpees after that and we had some nonsense, but who looked the part? Ida. And then and then Alex made her spear and she's got a potty mouth on course, by the way. Like lot lots of lots of vocal swearing and stuff. Like it. Like, once she got it, I think she just got a crazy adrenaline rush and she took off like crazy. Chris Roglowski, um, Mr. Spear, and she she didn't hesitate, just threw it. Uh Rose did her usual. I'm gonna pause for 15 seconds and then she missed it. And I was like, why this is generous what yeah no it might have been longer um because honestly you might even see it on the on the live feed i there were um five women there alex ida took off chris missed it rose arrived at the same time basically i took off and i'm like oh i should probably see if rose makes it so i turned back and then she still had five more seconds of her (laughs) lining it up and so you're right it probably 15 seconds might be generous Mm -hmm. um and then she missed it and the fact that chris recovered was pretty remarkable to, to get back into it yeah so let's let's because we're going to go through each of these athletes yeah. in, the, in the draft piece yeah. and we'll be able to kind of piece it together then because we're going to kind of re like go through where we were in the draft yeah. but it's fair to say that you, you got a good view good of the race let, let me just add one more thing so i have a new appreciation for the rabbits so after that you guys said did you really just stay with their because you couldn't keep up so no, i said that yeah, yeah okay R- give me credit for the douchiness yeah yeah so Bra- bracken being you know having his assumptions there no so that you it's really a lot of a judgment call on what you think the action is going to be but after they took off um you essentially did like a little bit of a, a uh, can't get in camera um like a c you went around and then you started your way up the mountain mm-hmm. and i got on the on the uh the cart and i'm like we got to catch up to Lindsay because you know there's a mile left in the race someone has to be with her while we're going up this hill um the cart was going like nine miles an hour on this terrain i'm like i i can run faster than this like i'm just getting out so i i took off and that, i think i texted you guys i split 64 seconds from my next 400 like <laughs> going across a field getting like a lactic takeover like, right dropping into the phone right into the only hill on the course to like catch up to her i'm like oh great now Lindsay's like crushing it up the hill that was that was hard so 64 it, seconds is quick it is I'm like, on terrain yeah, yeah. And, and that was like after doing that a couple because i had a couple others in the mid 60s like sprinting between the two packs so we do work out there and i'm sure that honestly like when jp's out there catching the the top men he's probably going sub 60 at various points like it because he's a better runner um but it was it was some work to catch up so it's good deck of prep yeah new appreciation right there good deck of prep you're feeling ready for the weekend yeah so what we're going to do is we're going to do some early season overreactions like you know in this happens in football after week one a good showing it's like all right it's super bowl time and this season actually happens and like that's not that's not really the case and we get a little bit of that right because we get this spread out time we don't have consistent races over and over to really see what the landscape is going to look like so we're going to go through we're going to have some takeaways that we kind of believe in but also we know that it might not really be true we just want to throw some stuff out there for some early season overreactions bracken what do you got for us Lindsay webster will go undefeated and do every race on the calendar because she's so good she can't be touched 
retirement looks good on her. It's kind of what we talked about. She backs away, does some of the other things, rounds out the engine a little bit, is rejuvenated, finds some wheels. Lindsay Webster will do the entire series and win everything. For her to even be as close as she was to runners like Emma and Renee before they had their obstacle mishaps, she's in pretty good shape already. And the only way that I think that this won't happen is that if she does actually start doing other races that are conflicting, right? Like if there's something that she's like, ah, it's this race that was in my the, my backyard. It's the same weekend as uh, the Mexico race or whatever. Then I'm just not going to do the travel. Because but, from here on out, she can tempo every race. We've talked about you can't tempo races at this level. She can. She can get a good workout in, win, make some money, and then head back home and make cupcakes. <laughs> Don't forget, it's she only has to run three of the remaining four. Also, so that's true. So she could she could skip deal. Mexico, yeah. and with that, it would be Big Bear in Utah. Utah, she was had had an incredibly impressive performance last yeah. year, and she won Big Bear by quite a bit as well, right? Yeah. No, and I'm let's not, not forget when you're the best. Every chip that you get from that point on is either you bring it on your shoulder yourself or it's because the next person starts getting talked up. And Emma was the talk of the town leading into this season, coming off of Noram and then a, a like a seven eighths of a fantastic performance in Abu Dhabi. And there has to be some amount of ego in that egoless Canadian that says, <laughs> I've got to remind people that I'm still the boss. I'm the sheriff here. Yeah, I, I I can't see how she could step away with a performance like that on a course that probably if there's a course she's going to get beat, like we talked about, it's probably that one. Especially since if she's going to train for things anyway, now she doesn't have to count that as work towards OCR. In mm -hmm. terms of just dollars per hour, <laughs> there is no more lucrative thing for her to do than to train for mountains, train for cross country, ski and train for whatever she wants and then pop in and make three to five grand every time she races. Seems like a good gig to me. She's tier one. She's got some travel covered. True. Yep. She actually stayed at the same hotel, she and Ryan. So I was like, wow, luxury right here. And there, yeah. There, what, what was that stat? They stayed at the same hotel? No, as the rest of the Spartan crew. Oh. Like I, I saw them checking in while we were doing our like night before okay. meeting. And I was like, oh, this is where all the, the VIPs stay apparently. Mm. So. Did you get like a wine tasting as you came in? Complimentary? Oh, yeah. No, let me tell you, the uh, the Spring Hill by Marriott is, that's a lot of complimentary stuff there. I, I picture you being really into the cheese like Charlie Kelly. I don't really eat cheese. Hmm. Seems okay. like a cheese man to me. No wine, no cheese. It's no. slow, just like not a fun place for you to go. It's just like great. Way too sunny. No, it, it was beautiful. You came honestly. back without a burn. I'm impressed. I haven't had a sunburn since, and I can tell you, um, it was my freshman year of cross country. I am so ridiculous about wearing sunscreen. So. You saw it, Rich, when we did our workout at. Uh, it was like time. it was like twenty five degrees, lathering up, it in the air. Sun doesn't sun doesn't care. Yeah. The uh, I need I need some sunglasses recommendations because it is brighter here than what I've been oh, used yeah. to. Yeah, and I don't need I don't like super dark shades though. So if you guys have any, we'll, we'll, we'll come back around it. We'll talk. Yeah, Jack. What is your early season overreaction? So we just complimented Lindsay. Um, her husband just needs to retire. Like seventh place. 
That's we talked beforehand what was the worst finish of his entire career, and he got seventh place in Chicago. Every other time he was top five, and that only happened a couple times. The rest of them were podiums for national series races. Like seventh place, he loses to a guy named after a bird, Hawk Call, and a guy named Nick who doesn't even have a K at the end of his name. He's, he's just got to go. Like it's it's the end of the line for Ryan Atkins. He's washed up. Washed the, guard, up. the guard has been passed. Yep. No, come on, Pete. Anybody who seriously like looks into it too much, this was not a course for Ryan, and he still finished what less than a minute off the podium. It's definitely not a course. I and mean, that's what we were talking about yeah. in the draft, like why Bracken skipped over him. Yeah, and he came back to me. I was like, he skipped over him twice. I, I, he to me, I was like, God, I gotta take him. It's just one of those things where you're foolish not to take him if he's available because you're like, there's no, there's no way he's gonna come back round two, but or you know, or round three, but. Yeah, it just this proved that what was it the cor- courses for different horses or whatever you're saying is like it's what your skill set is compared to what the layout of the course is. And this wasn't an Atkins course, you know, that he kind of performed how we would have expected. Like it really would have been miraculous if he got second place in this um, or on the podium and against a field of such talented pure runners. Um, but seven, honestly, with the rest of this year coming up. And him only, you know, a week after a 350-mile ride across Alaska, all that travel, like, it was still honestly pretty impressive. But, yeah, so, like, the obviously the retirement piece he's washed up is hyperbole over the top stuff. But maybe he can't do what he used to be able to do with these extravagant events that he puts on and then come back and still get a podium finish. Maybe not on a speed course. On a mountain one? We've seen him do it in Eco Challenge a couple of years ago. I, I feel like he could do that, but if it involves just straight up redlining at top end speed on flats, I don't know if he can do it anymore. Or if the course or if the sport allows that for anybody. I think it's much ado about nothing. Yeah. I think I think that he performed well. People have talked about, well, he won a flat course in Seattle and he's won a flat, flat course in Jacksonville that was hard flat sprints sprints so there weren't challenging obstacles but there's a difference in flat running and people like to think that a spartan sprint is the more impressive running event to win because it's short and fast but that's not true you're never more than 600 meters maybe 800 between an obstacle it's usually like two to 400 meters and you can fake that that is an interval workout and for someone like ryan who can gain time on obstacles he can come off accelerate coast a little bit, coast in, and then accelerate into the obstacle and get off. So Jacksonville, while impressive, was not a running clinic. His running strong, but here in slow, where you have to run and only do three obstacles in two miles, like that is running, running. And it's it's foolish to expect anyone to be able to beat D1 cross-country runners on a running, running course. Like there's broken running and there's running, running. And this was a lot of running, running. So I don't even think he dropped off. I just think you finally saw a course that met other people's skill sets and he wasn't even far back. We take a we'll see other people on there, but the, the big boys, Kent, Hunter, him, Kirk, they, their gap, it wasn't even big. It's just that it feels dense now. It's like, like we talked about cross country. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're 10 seconds behind someone, there might be two people in between rather than nobody in sight. It, it was super exciting. Like I was on the course as the, the women's rabbit and I'd hear on the speaker all the time. It's like, 
Chris Brown in first place and then Nick Mosk in first place and Hawk call. I'm like, where's VJ? And then it was Batris and then VJ and then Batris again. I'm like, this is insane. And I don't even know what's going on. Like it was super exciting. This was one of my takes is that we need more of these type of courses yeah. because of how exciting this actually is. And I, I don't think the Spartan race, we're looking for the best overall athlete necessarily, but the way that the course is kind of all these courses are sort of different like, I think it is appropriate to have more of these style courses where it's going to be a little bit more dense. There's going to be less room for error and more room for people to improve their running. Like, you can't be – I don't think you should be able to be slow and do well in a foot race. And this is just – if there was more of this, it would help push the athletes to do a little bit different style of training instead of doing tons of aerobic work in the mountains. Rich, what were you thinking when you saw this about you? I'm in the mix, baby. If I'm yeah. not missing something, oh yeah, like with with the dudes who are like, I think I'm in that top three to five pack. I'm going yeah. with those dudes for yeah. sure. You're not like, out of it for the first three miles, you know that? No, no. no. Like, yeah, if I, I might screw something up at some point, but the I, I get that five k point where Chris you, Brown was. You hit your was, spear. You're getting there at the same time as probably Hawk and, and you know Nick Ryan and, and, and everyone else at the beginning pack. Or, yeah, I think so. Now, I want your take, Rich, but I want to just squeeze in one more little beat in a dead horse. This is why we shouldn't have outlier events for world championships. This is why the mm-hmm. season should be a mix of outliers. We should have a crazy fast super and a technical gnarly sprint and an Abu Dhabi like sand beast. And then what people are complaining about, this didn't test the best all around OCR athlete. That should be worlds, mm-hmm. a super distance ish on a mix of terrain, the test, you can't have a weakness anywhere, but all along the season, we should sort out who's the best all over places and then test a fair test. But who cares if the first race of the season is not a fair test because what's fair. It's gonna be different for everybody. Yeah. That's that, that's kind of the conversation, right? Like what is fair? Like what, you know, what what are we testing? You know what I tell my kids every time they say that's not fair. I said, there is no fair. There is no fair in this world. It's just you might perceive it's unfair, but no one else cares. It's how prepared are you? We should get rid of the word in our in our language. Yeah. No, fair doesn't exist. We don't have There's a word for that. There's no bad way. weather. It's just bad clothing choices. Like, Ooh. Yeah. Same, same. So, so, yeah. Rich, give us some hyperbole. Overreact to something. So, I think the guard is officially passed. VJ, Nick Mask, Hawk Call, Rylan Shadegg. For the top six dudes, all under the age of 25, this is no longer uh, a, a sport for the seasoned athlete. It's not the 30-somethings, a late 29-year-old, four straight world titles, not happening. Not happening. That's that's done. We are we're going to see older dudes that are not going to be the top anymore because of the available information and the training that is available for these younger kids. Now that they've seen a decade worth of athletes, there are coaches podcasts there's gyms all over the country where people can really hone in their skills it's not going to be a matter of how many races that you've done that like experience is going to top out of everything i think that these young guys are going to come in more prepared much like we see the like the rookies coming into the nba now they're being trained how to play the nba game Mm. at the age of like 12 they're step backs have crazy handles they're they know what to prepare for and they're doing it and now these young kids that are coming up, they're also going to be doing it. And the 30-year-old, 35-year-old who comes into it late, they're not going to have that same advantage like they used to. I like that. 
How many times have you heard this sometime in the sport of OCR? Man, if I'd found this when I was 15 or 20, <laughs> they, they have now. Yep. And we're seeing this. You Speed is the ultimate equalizer, but now you don't have to choose between <laughs> speed and proficiency or speed and strength. These guys grew up doing it and pairing it together and they're just good. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, are you saying that specifically for the men's side? Because I think Christopher Glosky is the lone, you know, young, bright star at the moment on the women's side that, you know, off the top of my head. Yeah, I think that that's fair. Just the depth of field. Like maybe if there was a deeper field of women, we'd see a couple more younger just yeah. by numbers. They've and always historic, been three to five three years. Three to four years. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to add that. So give it a few years and you you will see some you know, coming straight out of college, like a hawk, I guarantee you there's someone out there just like, once I graduate, this is my sport. Like there has to be someone out of the hundreds of thousands of college runners out there. Rich, can you imagine having jumped in a Spartan in college? What, what would have happened? Your coach's head would have exploded. You would never even consider it. I wouldn't have told them. No, no, No. no way I could have even said anything, but there's no way it doesn't get out. Coaches find out about year. everything, like oh, Social you media ran a 5K also. I heard on Thanksgiving. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oof. Now it's an acceptable thing. And if Name that and does... likeness, all this stuff, you can make money, you can accept prize money, and yeah. it's it's a different world. It's a different world, right? And like it's just like how are these athletes going to continue to find it, right? Like now that it is, it's more in the culture than it was when when we were just coming out of college. Like it was something that was just coming up right when Brack when 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 you found it when I first found it like I was like 23 and just like didn't know what it was yeah and it was like should I do this I think I could be good at it but never really dove into it now it's kind of around like these kids are 10 years old when they probably find out about it right yeah. and they, yeah. they can see it so I'm hoping that continues this trend now that I'm older if I was like if I was like yeah. 28 I'd be like this is not good this is not good <laughs> bad for me yeah well, I don't know if you saw in the results, uh, Blaze was in there, and I believe yeah. that's Hawk's buddy. And so yeah, they've got sick. two guys from the same cross-country team on it. That's how you get the word out. One of their buddies, or one guy they ran against who's like, I used to smoke that kid, and I grew up in the mountains. I'm going to try that. It, it opens the floodgates, and now they come in. Yeah, Blaze got sick, Benny told me. That's the only reason he, he wasn't He's probably high. dabbing on that Middle Eastern op- opioid Steelogy. that Benny's peddling now. <laughs> I uh, I have the I have this goal eventually to go into universities like get in contact with uh, ads and just sit down like some juniors and seniors on like the soccer team cross country team track team and just be like hey if you want to be competitive but you're sick but you don't want to do this anymore because at the end of college sports like people are pretty burnt out yeah. so they kind of go away and they come back and eventually try to find something different you know maybe they'll go to the gym or whatever. Mm-hmm. If we can get these kids in right away and be like, hey, just try it. You can lift weights. You don't have to run 100 miles a week. It's fun. It's different. Like, give it a shot. Like, that's a goal of mine down the road just to, like. You you need a course like this, though, for their first one. Because if you show up to Big Bear and it's like, hey, here's the Big Bear Beast and they're coming out of college, it might be like, that is not what I was expecting. Like, bragging, like you're saying, if I was to do, like, the, my first race in New Jersey was Vernon Beast. If I did that when I was in college, I would have never come back. I was like, there's a 0% chance I'm doing this. With a little funding though, you could, you could uh, get someone uh, a flight and an entry into a little podunk race. Mm -hmm. I shouldn't say podunk. Send them down to ATL this weekend. Send them to Charlotte two weeks later. 
you know, races where you're not going to run into crazy courses or the cream of the crop, mm-hmm. let them get a little success, get their feet wet. And then, yeah. then you got them. Yeah. I think that, that, I think that that's appropriate. All right, cool. So that's that. Now let's go into the the race. So we did a fantasy draft, which we tend to do. So the results are in Bracken's final score, 35. What did I predict? And I got laughed at 30. You said 30. You said it was in the thirties. What was the best score last year? Okay. If you're a miler versus a four flat, are you a four minute miler? That's what you're doing. Yeah. You're in the fours. (laughs) That's the exact opposite. I believe. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, what's it in the beginning of uh, once a runner? It's like, how did I know you were a four thirty miler in high school? Like, Everyone was four. Everyone's miler. a four thirty miler. Rudyard Kipling is a four thirty miler. I had forty three points. Jack had forty six. So wow, how the mighty have fallen here. It's happened before. I'm not too worried. No so, one knew anything heading into it. Honestly, it, it had been I mean, a long off season. Did. Yeah. Okay. Fine. You had better <laughs> gut instincts. But now I've seen people in person. I've, we've all seen the results. We've got info. You're Jack on site. That's what I'm, I think. I'm gonna. That could be like your rapper name. Jack on site. Yeah. Jack on site. All right. You're right, though. No one didn't know anything. And and here's how I can claim to not have known anything. If you add up our top three picks, I I don't win. I Let's, didn't win because I drafted the top well. It's I didn't have any bombs. Now I could say yeah, I I, I saw diamonds in the rough. But if you look at it, I just didn't have anyone bomb. Yeah, I don't think that's necessarily right. true. When I was yeah. looking at it, and, and Chris Brown me. helped, but it, it, but if you take him out, I still win. It's true. Like Kent, okay. Kent slides in, you have and a then nine. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So let's go through the order, just to kind of touch on where all these athletes were, and kind of talk about the race a little bit, at least how we saw them. So we're just going to kind of rehash everything, and and then we can kind of be like, oh, that was a good pick, was a bad pick, and then because my idea behind this is that we're only going to see three to five athletes on the coverage. So now, but we talked about 30 or so beforehand and just to kind of give people an idea of like where our head's at for everything. So, and Bracken, this is actually the first time someone who hasn't drafted second has won a ever? week of fantasy ever. Last, last year, everybody was, wow. <laughs> yeah. So that's because, you know, I got second and I picked Atkins and that was, that was my, that was my biggest mistake. And what I think it is, it's the second round double gap that yeah. first and third run into. Or you yeah. get the back to back and you switch. Well, the second and third rounds for first and third really like you get your stud, but you miss out on your A minus and go right to your B's, mm-hmm. and that's tough for that that snake order. And the depth of this race in particular certainly helped that. Where like last year at Tahoe or Big Bear, we were like, oh my goodness, I'm not even sure mm-hmm. if this person should be racing this race. He's on my team. Um, like, so look at round four and six. 10, 27, 9 were the points. And then 20, 56, 2. 56. Like that's that's just a tough break. But that's that's yeah. that's where it starts to snake a little bit and you start realizing that you know the the things we thought to be true are gone. And now we have to take a flyer. Yeah. So Jack, with the first overall pick, you pick Lindsay. Good pick. Not much to say about it. And we talked about a race a little bit. Emma missed the Olympus, and then Lindsay was just basically gone. Mm-hmm. She had another gear if, if Emma was closing. What was the final gap? Minute, maybe. That's Which it. is interesting. Yeah. She made up time, or Emma made up time. Um, 
although she kind of had a little bit of leave before. You, you'll see it on the video. I don't know the exact splits, but yeah, because you figure if you if they're gonna try to make the penalty loops equal to what they, a burpee penalty would be, for instance, I'm not sure if that's their goal. Um, but they want to incentivize you not to miss it, basically. Right. And it was interesting that they had on the map that Spear was going to be a penalty loop, but it was burpees on the day of the race. So still the map's mm -hmm. not, not 100% accurate. I, I will say I was pretty impressed, like, and and kind of, I think it worked against her. Like, Renee, she got to a couple obstacles where if she just dropped instead of hanging on Helix for a long time or hanging on Olympus for a long and she just did the penalty minute penalty loop, she probably would have come out way ahead. It, it, like, you know, she just wasted so much time there, but that's besides the point. Yeah. Like she just, like I was wrong in my analysis. Like, Oh, Renee's coming back. She must care. She must try. She must be working toward this. That's clearly not the case. She yeah. just cannot do it. Like to get stuck on Helix as like the first real obstacle in the race 5k into the thing. Like we saw Rose miss Helix in Utah last year, but it was like the opening rate, like the opening two races of a season that we didn't know where it was happening. It was super hot. It was a Utah two and a half hours in everybody was cramping. It was the last obstacle. She just like literally cramped up and froze and had to fall. They yeah. <laughs> just like couldn't do it. She got sniped basically just, fell off of it. like is she gonna miss pipe layer like how, like so i don't know I, I, it, that to me was like oh okay like she's still just hoping it's gonna go well and she seems to have like a lot of uh irons in the fire where it's probably not gonna this is not gonna be her thing spoken to someone who drafted her and <laughs> it's just interesting because the amount of focus it takes to be a 227 marathoner at any amount of talent on the female side speaks to like you take the sport seriously but the amount of talent you have to have to run 227 means you might not take the sport of ocr seriously so she clearly has the capacity for focus but she has like that a little bit of disdain for ocr not that she has disdain for it but whatever that that missing piece is it doesn't fully take it seriously is the one thing that's going to keep her from being as dominant as her marathoning suggests she should be yeah. Yeah. I think that that's fair. And like, she, she's like, almost too fast for her own good. I think so. <laughs> right. We're like on Which the is men's a great side. thing to have. Yeah. We're like on the, on the men's side. There's no, there's no real equivalent to that. Right. Like the, the, no. the men up front are all tight enough. Um, and, or they just go wet. The fast runners, they just try, they just don't, they just don't yeah. come back for more. What is Jack? What's a equivalent of a two twenty seven female? I mean, that's, Sub A standard, like well below the A standard. Thinking two fourteen. I, I was, was going to say 12, 12. 13 or fourteen. We've never had. We've only had two people close to that. Max King ran two fourteen, and Hobie did two sixteen. There Max was two fourteen. Uh, Jesus. There was a guy. Which, I forget the guy's name. Maybe two fifteen. Um, he he went to the first Killington, uh, or twenty fifteen. Oh yeah, Herman Silva. Yeah, no, 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 not Herman Silva. I, he, he was about there, but there was a guy from Uganda no, who Silva ran two zero. Seven or two hundred five, and two he went to New York City back to back times. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there was another guy, two hundred nine, from Uganda, who did it, and he yeah. was apparently gone, and then gone once everyone caught up to him. Yeah, I mean, you'll see that, and then they don't come back. Yeah, right. <laughs> yep. Renee's second year, he figured. Eh. Yep. And um, she's done a Deca, I think. She's done she a High Rocks, mm. and then they never go that well. They're like. 
And I mean this with respect to her, but they're spectacular blowups. <laughs> yeah. Like she had a shoe come off on high rocks and I don't know if she hurt herself or what, but like she was stuck on the sleds and it's, she keeps putting herself out there in such a public like forum that at some point you'd think she'd just say, yeah, I'm, I'm done being exposed. I'm, I want to spank these people and put them in their place. Yeah. Like she's, a, she's bypassed the Spartan elite gated thing, the <clears throat> high rocks individual thing. She was pushed into, you're right. Like, She's done the exact opposite of Steph Garcia. Correct. Start with Adrian. She's taking her time, taking her lumps, and it's going to work her way up. Yeah. Um, speaking of someone who hasn't taken any lumps, VJ Jones was my first pick. Great pick by me. Yeah. Fantastic pick. So the way that race kind of broke out and how I, I saw it, it seemed like there was a pack of five that, that, that got away from everybody, and it was uh, – it was Hawk, Nick Mask, VJ, Batris, and Chris Brown. They were super aggressive in like the first 5K. And then it seemed like that secondary pack, which is where Kirk, Atkins, um, Mark Logan, Ed, got that. Logan was Logan was kind of in that third pack, which was um, <clears throat> the two biggest guys and the smallest guy with yeah. Hunter Kent. The monsters, yeah. yeah. Hunter Kent and then Logan was there with them. You know what's really interesting about that? is that outside of VJ, the entire breakaway pack were D1 runners. And there was not one D1 runner in the subsequent chase pack. It was actually, unless unless there's one D1 runner I'm not aware of, it was actually just sorted by running skill. Was Rylan in that first pack? Because I know Uh, he didn't. Second pack. He was second pack. pack. Okay. Technically, Chris Brown, I think, was D3. uh, And Brian Kent was. Nick Mask was. Brian um, wasn't D1. He wasn't? No, I think he was D2. Oh, okay. Um, Nick Mask is NAIA, which is kind of oh, like... Oh, he was NAIA. That yeah. kind of hovers between one and two sometimes, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think you're right with that. Yeah. So they had the ability to run D1. I thought days. Chris went to a UC. No, I think, I think I he went to a pretty small D3 school. Okay. And had like middling success or there. Claremont, was it? Was that where maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Um, but they still had the ability, the collegiate runners, nonetheless, and had the ability to potentially beat division one runners. In, yeah. In terms of this. Yeah. The best college runners were in that pack and VJ. Yeah. Who who didn't, who like bypassed college, collegiate running for? He was like a 300 hurdler in high school. He wasn't. He probably wouldn't have been a collegiate runner or division yeah. one runner. Right. Mm. Um, but he's fast. <laughs> and he went he's with it. And, and, and he wanted to win. So he, he went right with, with that group and eventually kind of broke apart. Um, we talked about Emma Bracken. That was your first pick, and she finished second overall. And then it came back to Ryland. How would you feel about that Ryland pick as you're seeing the results kind of lay out, unfold? He finished sixth overall. He was bummed. I still thought the course was going to be hillier than it was. Mm-hmm. I was impressed with him. Because this is the type of race that makes you want to ease off the pedal a little bit. And he showed what he's going to need to show later in the year. Like the, that, that testicular fortitude. He stayed on it and he battled all the way to the end. So sixth, six points is a little less than you'd want to see out of the fourth overall pick. But in terms of Ryland's performance, I think it bodes very well for his season. Keep in mind, he's beat Hawk before, who finished ahead of him here. He beat him like he was a injured month coming before. in. Though. Yeah, yeah. Some training. No, no, I'm I'm just saying, like from the mental game, he's like, all right, I could beat Hawk. Yeah. I haven't beat VJ yet. Uh, 
Nick, I don't he beat think Atkins. Gone head to head. Yeah, this is the <laughs> first time that he's beat Atkins after mm-hmm. a couple of close. He did the sprint the day after the beast in Utah and was, you know, just behind him there. So he, he's just getting these little rewards here and there. And I think that his confidence should still be really high. He messaged me the day before the race and said, man, I just hope I can somehow hang in until the final hill. <laughs> he said, I'm going to need that final hill. And he knew coming in, he was going to be at a disadvantage, but his running, his lower body looks like Atkins running and his upper body looks like Kempson's running. Hmm. Like his arm action. The two pieces he has are really two great pieces to have in play. And for someone who's not a runner to run with those two actions, he's going to find more speed as yeah. he continues to train. It's not like he's limited by the way he runs. Like if I was in his shoes looking at this race, you know, always trying to do like the Monday morning quarterback thing. Like what could I have done better in this race? He's probably like, I should have gone with that first group, but physically at this point of his running career, he just wouldn't have been able to, no matter what he did. Like those guys were probably just gone before there was anything he could really do. So <laughs> he he won the second race more or less, yeah. which is impressive in a pack of guys like Atkins and, and Mark Cadet. So who are seasoned veterans who are fast. I would, I would put, Ryland as the slowest in like a flat 5k between those three. <laughs> so I agree. It's a pretty good race, you know, really, really strong. Um, and then it comes to my pick, which was Atkins looking at this, like after I, like I, I struggled with it because of the reasons we talked about, but there, I would have gone female and I was able to take a female next. I'm not taking anyone but Atkins in this spot. I, if honestly, he's available in the fifth pick, like you take him. Yeah, and if I bypassed him, you could have taken him with the third over in the third round and been your keeper. Yeah, not happening. <laughs> There's only one person I would have taken in that spot ahead of him, and that was Hawk. And Hawk's yeah. still an unknown, <clears throat> and Ryan is the ultimate proven commodity. So you can't. If there's really only one other option on paper before the race, you can't fault that. Yeah. No. No. And then with the seventh place finish, he's certainly disappointed. Uh, but what's he going to do with it? Like nothing you can do about it. Yeah. This one, Jack, was a bit of a, a, a bummer on your end with, with Veerman with your second overall pick. But he kind of had. Mr. Spear. Just Mr. Spear. And you saw how tight the gap was. You, you spend a minute and a half and are a little compromised for the next half mile or so getting out of there. You're going to drop five, ten spaces. I think him and Kirk. I think Tyler was in the group with. Oh, Kirk, and Kirk, Atkins. Kirk, Atkins, Mark, uh, Ryland, um, yeah, Tyler, and heading into the only climb on the course, and you know how good of a climber Tyler is, and how good he's looked all year. I, it wouldn't have been out of the question for him to finish somewhere in that six to ten spot at that point. I just mm-hmm. thought the fact that Jacksonville was pretty flat. He had won Palm Beach in the past, which is a very flat course. He had a lot of speed um, and a lot of confidence going into it, and I just thought that. It'll be a good race for him, but you know, is what it is. Can't miss a spear on something. Yeah, best he finishes sixth. Yeah, and he had like five of his six, five, or maybe like five of his last seven races that were national series races. He was in the top seven or top five. Like he, he was always up there. So I feel he was pretty reliable. And then circling back around is where he took Hawk. And I intentionally went Hawk third round so I could have him as a keeper. Keeper, yeah. and. I think he was, from what I understand, he was the first person to assert himself into the lead. I think yeah. he, there was a big pack, Hawk went, 
Nick Mask went with him, and then that's what what blew blew that first pack open. Now, now Bracken, do you think that's really interesting compared to his dad, who he raced a ton? I hope he just kind of let the race happen and then moved up strategically. It seemed Hawk old Hobie loved, did. Old Hobie. Yeah, Hobie from 2010 to 20, probably 15, 2014, just gave it to people. He's like, this is my course. <laughs> Whoever ran out first, he ran out right shoulder to shoulder with them. 2010, 11, that first world championship in Glenrose when yeah. a younger Josiah came out, those two ran side by side throwing surges until Hobie broke them. Like, mm-hmm. Young Hobie. And he wasn't even that young. He came in the sport at 34, I think. Mm-hmm. Young Hobie was fast, but he ran aggressively. So, I mean, Hawks got this. Hobie was the cockiest SOB out there who was just nice. He's every bit as cocky as Hunter. So, and I, I, and I think people, yeah. people yeah. only saw late career Hobie who turned into a tactician. But when he came into the sport, he was a, he was a low 14 guy. He was just coming off two seventeen thirty or two sixteen thirty in a marathon, and he had he had I mean he was sixteen forty in a forty pound weighted vest and a cross country course. <laughs> like that's hard to quantify what that means. Forty pounds is a heavy weight vest, but like, he was aggressive. So yeah, it's it's just like watching Hobie. So, so Bracken, I know I know you like analogies. So he basically started his career as a guy with a crazy fastball, then got some off speed pitches later on, and still had the same success. Yeah, throw it a knuckleball. To date, he's still the freakiest mover I've ever seen Mm -hmm. in terms of he seems to move quickly through any terrain or obstacle with the least amount of effort of anyone I've ever seen. It doesn't matter if he's crawling, climbing, carrying, swinging, running, scree running, power hiking. It's the least effort visual I've ever seen. He's a freaky mover. And Hawk doesn't have that yet. Yeah. But... If he gets that part, I mean, it's just Hobie 2.0. Yeah, yeah. we got to remember the dude's 22, 23, you know? So it's like the experience that he yeah. had, that his dad had when we saw him even at, was in his twilight of his career. <laughs> right. right. So. While, we're on, while we're on this topic, it's super early, just super bold prediction. Who ends their career with more world championship titles, Hawk or Hobie? I can't go against Hobie on this one. Hobie, and it's not even close. He's got three. Of, it's going to be hard to the depth of what yeah. and like you know once we start getting into the colleges and bringing out the kids. Yeah, if Atkins is only one one, it's not going to happen. Yeah, yeah. you got to get in early if you want those titles. Yep. OCR Warrior all comes full circle. <laughs> so coming back into the third round, my pick was Ida. I feel good about this pick. There's nothing I would have done different here. Alex had a great race. She's clearly been working on her speed. You see, she hits like five K's and, and things quite a bit. Uh, and she was just ready to roll. And Ida had beaten her earlier this season. Uh, you said she looked good early on. Did she miss anything? Or she, she, did not. she actually was in second place exiting the spear throw, like a stride or two ahead of Emma. Oh, and Emma just ran so, her down. Yeah. Emma yeah. ran her down. Yeah, but fourth place is a pretty good spot for her. I think that that's appropriate, right? It's, it's yeah. kind of where she should be. She was the eighth pick, eight divided by twos, four. You know, if you pick four men, four women at that point, you picked her properly. Appropriate pick. And then Bracken went to Rose, and Rose was. I want to give Ida credit first. There's yeah. always the unknown with the Europeans, and I think she lived up. If you travel overseas and just match what you should do, that's. That's a win in itself. So I think that she was like the MVP of the weekend in terms of cementing her reputation. Yeah. Mm. 
Yeah, I think I think that's right. And like she's gonna be around for Big Bear, and she's an obstacle. She flew, like she this, flew there back. this wasn't uh, obstacle density. No. There was no difficulty in obstacles, and that's yeah. her calling card. So. Think of I was last, really impressed. Think of her last three or four major races. So double podium, OCR Worlds, Abu Dhabi, a three-plus-hour desert race for her. She gets seventh or eighth, and then fourth in a really stacked um, national series race on flat terrain. Like, super diverse. Yeah, I agree. She's a good athlete. Going to Rose, I... It's hard to really get a read on her because... She, she ran a good race until the spear. She was in position to do whatever she wanted to do. And at the same time, like you can't help but avoid, I mean, you can't avoid the questions about, about the, the youth movement and getting older in the sport. So it's, I don't think we can draw too many conclusions. She's probably frustrated because she didn't go there to take seventh, but I think we need to just see more from her this year before we even, before I draw any conclusions about where she's at. I think based on what I saw in person, even if she didn't miss that spear, she was going to get fifth at best at that point in the race. Ida and Alex were faster than her. It's early. You know, it's like the way the athletes who have a little bit more experience are able to uh, periodize there and like really kind of have a focus on their training. I'm guessing she wasn't really ready for this one. So I, I agree with you, Brad. And it's just like, yeah, it's you, you'd think she would be – like seventh isn't a great outcome for her, but it's she was in the mix, um, probably where she needs to be. Can't and they can't like I don't see who you take other than her at this spot. Maybe yeah. Alex, but mm, yeah, she know. and Alex were almost interchangeable last year. Mm-hmm. They just kept Very swapping. Much. Yep. So now to the to Kent, which was a pick that we were excited about. He just finished outside of your scoring seven with ninth overall on this course. I think he took the best position he could take because it was just such a premium on the one thing he hasn't prioritized. Mm -hmm. I think with any amount of terrain or vert or carries, it raises his ceiling. But I was really impressed with that amount of time away from the sport. Even though the obstacles weren't difficult, he just hasn't been on them in so long that in, in a sprint or super that fast, every second matters. And for him to get through everything, and I think he had the second fastest third segment, like he he didn't show ring rust. I was impressed. Yeah, he was in the mix. And right, right, the course just didn't play out the way he wants to. Even with a race like High Rocks, it's very strength and the, in the, the it's very strength running as well. Like it's mm-hmm. longer, grindier stuff. It's more like tempo runs, which you need to be doing, not five k stuff. And he's not really prepping so much for like Deca um, at this point. So yeah, I mean. I'm sure he wanted to do better, but like probably same thing that we said about Ryland. It's like the race started happening and then it was just like over and there's nothing he could really do or latch on. Kirk was in the second pack and he said they were sub 11 through the two mile with obstacles. And there was an uphill kind of marshy section as well. So it wasn't all super dry. Yes. You had a little bit downhill and some flats, but there was stuff that would slow you slightly. Where, so so they're really running 530s, and I think what Batris said, that they were running about 520s in that front pack. Yeah. With yeah. obstacles. With obstacles. <laughs> On terrain. Even if it's nice terrain, it's still terrain. For sure. So For sure. like that's just not a level of get out and run 1040 
you know, with obstacles, that's not a level that you train for unless you're training for it. You don't take yourself to that specific area unless you have a reason to, and he hasn't had a reason to. And there was no reason to think that this course was going to be like that. That's the thing. Like on the website said 1700 feet of gain over the super, even when they released the map, it said like 900 and ended up being like 400 or something like that. Yeah. There was a five minute climb for the top people, six, five and a half to six for most people. That was it. Yeah. Yeah. Here's my takeaway. Yeah. This is an anomaly for the season, but the principle matters. People need to remember this. Anytime we get to a runnable section, it's going to be like slow. That's where the sport's at right now. People are going to drop down to the low fives every time. And I think that you can take some comfort in this course isn't what we're normally going to see, but you still have to address your speed because you're going to need it in smaller doses throughout the whole year. People are going to crest hills and go to low fives. And that's Mm -hmm. not something we typically have had to be able to do. And that's why I think these flat courses are good for the sport, right? To address yeah. those needs and to make it eye open for the athletes in terms of training. Yeah. Um, so can, come back to me. I pick Renee here. I already expressed my my thoughts on this, um, but it was a, it was a shot. It was like if she was going to do well at any course in her entire career, this was it. Mm-hmm. Now, if I take Alex here, which is like where the move would have been for me, because I was going to go female here no matter what, I gain nine spots and uh i'm in a good spot i'm in a good spot so this is this this one this one lost it for me yeah um then jack with the hunter pick this was one that we debated on the draft itself i still feel like kind of in the same line as kent he had Mm -hmm. a fabulous race for you know he was less than a minute off the podium first time in almost five years people were starting to doubt him because he was losing high rocks like He's still really fit. And if this was like any of the other California races we've seen in the past, I mean, could have been a lot higher, honestly. Um, he was like 20 it, seconds behind Atkins. Yeah, it was it was a reach, but it wasn't that stupid. Yeah, I, I think when Atkins was crossing the line, Hunter was starting the Cardinet. Yeah. Which, like, right we saw there. them battle over a eight-mile race in SoCal five years ago. Yeah. It's not that different from Just what like happened. That. Yeah. It almost gave me more appreciation for Hunter because he hasn't been training this and he didn't lose that much ground on the guys who have been doing nothing but this. Yeah. Like, yeah, he took 10th, but that that's worth a, a second or a 10. third five years ago. Yeah. Yeah. He kind of finished in the middle. I was lower on him than Jack than you were, obviously. And, uh, but he kind of finished like in the middle of both of our expectations. Right. And yeah. with the race that was so deep and so fast, I got to give it to him, you know, really good race. And he kind of took it like, yeah, uh, nothing I could have done. That's just how this race was. Yeah. But- we talked that placement wouldn't tell the story. Kent and Hunter's placement does not tell the story of how well they did. Right. Yeah. Right. This isn't a Spartan race of, you know, five years ago where it's like uh eight minute gap between yeah. and they're both bigger, heavier, and stronger than they used to be. Mm-hmm. Kent said he was down to 178 for the race. <sighs> he looks bigger than he used to he, look. He weighs up. like five pounds less than me right now, which is just I don't His look scales like Brian. Yeah. Jack is thick, buddy. I it must be must be those dense bones. Thick. Yeah. Two C's. Comes da- back down to Alex who ran just great. It's a great Fantastic. pick too. 
Yep. That value pick there is huge. She she was yeah, it's it's almost like I'm not sure if I'll go Hawk or Alex for my keeper next time. Definitely don't take Great. Hawk. Yeah. Yeah, nice, but, nice try talking me into it. Um, but yeah, Alex, phenomenal race, proved that she's a great just runner instead of just a mountain goat. Yeah. And I mean, she she was tough. She was looking the part the entire race of someone who wanted that podium. She did two last year. This just validates like those weren't flukes. Um, and she's always going to be taken seriously by no matter who shows up on the start line. It will be interesting once Annie and Nicole uh, step back in action. But if Lindsay steps away, that just kind of leaves the same, you know, placement options there. But regardless, Alex was less than 5% slower than Lindsay. Doesn't matter who shows up. That's, that's a very impressive performance. Man, that's a good point. How compelling these are going to be when depth at the top is added back in. Yeah. Rhea will be back. Um, Rhea's going to be back. Nice. Yeah, you, you're going to – the women's field is really going to start to deep, deepen up. And with Alex for, like, the point series, you had Ida screw stuff up for people. Um, like, getting the you – know, you know how important that fourth place is for the – how big it's, of a drop it is. It's different this year. It's like there's it, – Oh, okay. There's point spreads all the way through the top ten, where last year it was top four and this huge disparity. Now it's – Gotcha. I don't know how much, but it's top well, ten. There's different Just look at – Not as important. Look at who she was battling with all, all last year was Rose. And you know, yeah. seventh versus third, there no matter what the new points are, I, there's a big gap right there. And yes, Rose can drop one. So if that's her worst, then you know, this won't affect her in the grand scheme of things. But this could have been a really big race for Alex's point series. And she could honestly end up finishing second. Um, I think Emma probably is is the cream of the crop who will do the entire series from what it's looking like, but good things are happening for Alex. She's rewarded for her work. Yeah. There are people who train more than she trains, but I'd be hard pressed to, to show you someone who trains harder than her. Mm-hmm. She works. She's a single mom and she gets after her training and she has put such an emphasis on her running. It's really good to see people rewarded for that. It, and it shows that you don't have to be, it's not the pampered's the wrong word, but you don't have to be set up for your whole life to re- revolve around training. Groomed. To, to get better. Yeah. She's, she's improving with life. It's awesome. Yep. Yeah. That's a great point. Yeah. When I had her on the podcast months ago, she like the things she was saying she did for her training were things that a normal person wouldn't do, like found a way to get an altitude mask on and train with it. You know, like, yeah. and like driving a ridiculous amount of time to get to whatever mountain she yeah. can possibly get to. Yeah. She's running road races to Doing specifically races. work on this and she's working hills and she just does it. She does it. Yeah. She does it. Um, then we did a good job in this, in this fifth round. I had Ariel and then. Bracken, I was impressed with Ariel. I was impressed with yeah. both of them. Right. Yeah. She, she could have had fifth if she didn't get stuck. That, that could have been a major injury right there. Coming off that uh, that cargo net, the the cargo net. I hate that it's the last obstacle sometimes, but or all, I I actually think it's a silly final kick kind of obstacle. Yeah, because it's just slow and it's ugly and like things like that happen where people like fall. But there was a bunch of like kind of fun cargo net stuff this past race. Yeah. Even like in that, I think it was like nine through fourteen. You had all the women on there yeah. at, the same time, at the same time. It was like, like thirteen through places. seventeen or something. Or like so, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I lump like seven or eight women together in the next group. And she's part of that, but she was clearly head and shoulders above that group 
she made the, I shouldn't say she made the most out of that group of the off season, but she made the most of her off season. She took a step forward from last year and that's about all you can ask for an opener. Yeah. Undeniable. And beating Rose, it's a, it's a, it's a good person to knock off for her yeah. for, for confidence. wise. But I think you're right. Like after her spot, uh, it dropped back to, to Faye Morgan, which was definitely in like a different race. Mm-hmm. He's misreliable. Just got it done. And Chris, we'd mentioned who missed the spear. Yep. Wow. She didn't. Uh, I said, if she's worse than third or fourth, I'll be shocked. You said fifth. You said fifth. Yeah. Did I say fifth? No, you said third or fourth. I think I said third or fourth. She could take yeah. fifth, but I thought if she's not third or fourth, something went wrong. And so I, I didn't get the position right, but like, she's legit. Yeah. She's legit. Yeah. I didn't know how like a fast course like this would, would go with her, but she's just confident. She doesn't care. Yeah. Let's just add, like I stumbled across this. She did a race in Houston the morning before, which is like, what are you doing? And still finishing fifth. And it wasn't like an easy one. It, it was like 400 meters. Do like weighted yeah. burpee. Yeah. yeah. It, was, it was like a deck of it style. And it's like, don't, don't do that the night before. And I, then uh, flew out to a race. Yeah. No one else in the sport is doing that no. for good reason. <laughs> right. And maybe it's like she wouldn't perform as well if she wasn't doing all the things that she enjoyed. Can't write that off, you know, because that could be if she focused just on Spartan, she'd probably just be not having yeah. as much fun. Yeah. And again, she's like uh, Ida where she wants other things. She wants rigs. She wants that. So to to do burpees and take fifth on this course, I think she justified her hype too. For sure. Uh, so this next pick was – was the race, honestly. Mm-hmm. This was it. In the sixth round, on the way back, Rackney took Mark Batras. And I was shocked he was still there. He, I was considering him with my Rylan pick. <laughs> because wow. he's just shown flashes so many times. And then getting that world championship and in a few other races, I feel like it just got him over that something's off. He'd always he was the racer, self-admittedly, always found a way to steal defeat from the jaws of victory. And then he had that breakout in Asheville last year, and he said, I just came in with a different mentality, and I'm bringing it again next time. And he went down in one double Hawaii or triple and then came back to West Virginia and tried it again, but was just too smoked from the weekend before in the travel. But something was different about him. And with his running ability, his style of training, and his mindset, I just had a feeling that it'd be a disservice to even let him get this long. And I was lucky he fell to me. Yeah, when you look at it, though, it's like you could have taken him with the Kent pick or Jack takes him with the Hunter pick. Yeah. So, I mean, what what number of, of, of guy was he off the – what was he? Want, uh, where are we, like the sixth or seventh guy off of the board? Which I guess – I don't know. Eight. Eight, eight, guy eight, off. eight. So, I mean, looking at it in hindsight, it's like, oh, yeah, this is a course that he – it's like his backyard. It's like a perfect course for him, mm-hmm. you know. But uh, so, like, looking at this, it's like, oh, man, this was, a, this was the pick. This was a, the best pick of the draft for sure. Second best pick. Second best pick of the draft. You had the best pick of the draft. Well, I – I did value wise, but that was yep. a pick that I think I was the only one who was going to make. I, I was going to pick Nick, but with Mark Gaudet as my final guy, like I just didn't have any guys left to right. choose after round seven. Cause Nick, I gave him a shout out on the 
with Matt on the podcast, I was like, watch out for this guy. He, he could be the dark horse, like totally on my radar. Obviously, you know of him being on torque, but I just didn't have the option to take him in round 10. Can we right. give Rich a round of applause for this? Yeah. Ha, thank you. Thank you. I think this is the biggest splash any of our associated athletes, people we either coach, mentor, or help in some capacity has made other than Annie. Mm-hmm. Rich is now, what, the coach of the stars? It seems to be that that is the way that it's going. So there If you the- don't want to win but you want to take second, go to Rich. That's exactly right. Yeah. I got you. Um, yeah, but like that was a pick. That, like no one – all the guys were gone, and I actually picked him on my top five. Was I the only person to pick him, Jack? You were the one who picked him? I was the one who picked him. There was one pick. So, yeah. Me. So I didn't, yeah. I didn't pick him just as value. Like yeah. looking at this course, I was like – he is fast. He's aggressive. He's going to put himself there in this pack, and he's going to get away from the pack. What's yeah. his background? Give us the rundown on Nick. I forget. He's a steepler at NAIA school. He got second at Nationals. Do you know what yeah, he ran? Did he, did he win? Okay, it wasn't, maybe. It wasn't under. It wasn't under nine. Nine I'll, I'll check him up. I'll check his Nine oh, yeah. See, see, she was like, but he's, but he's a really tough runner. He's just. Like a cross country, cross country probably is more of his thing. You know, steeplers, you kind of get those runners who are like, you know, not pure not 5K. 912. Second at Nationals 2018 NAIA. 1452 got down to 836 in the 3K, sub 25, 8K cross country. So he won the OCR Stars mile in 2020 yeah. off of no speed, no speed work. And he closed in like a 60. <laughs> like he can just do stuff. Jeez. And now he's, he's put a little bit more emphasis on strength. He's been to a rock climbing gym. Did you guys see the finish? His hoist was the best hoist of the day. Yeah. And it, it was, his form kind of sucked. I haven't talked to him about this, but like he put his foot up on the pole, but then like <laughs> just dropped it and like kind of yanked it down. So he was kind of like real time. I was like, this guy's got this. And then when I watched the replay, I was like, he's not using his leg actually. Oh, no, exactly. <laughs> he was just hossing it. He was like kind of doing how, what he thought he was supposed to do, but like not leveraging his all the way back. He was just pulling it. He looks strong. Sure. He did. He really so did. In perspective, Cody Moat ran a 24, 48, 8K at one uh-huh. point. It might not be his PR, but he's like a 24, 30 to 24, 45, 8K guy. And Cody could give it to people on the trails. Now, I don't know what his mount, Nick's mountain game is like, but he's, you know, 1452 sub 25 AK. That's all the wheels you need in this sport. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's the thing he's coming around to, right? It's like, yeah. as that was something I struggled with as a collegiate runner. It's like, if I could just be like the fastest guy by like minutes, but you, at a point you don't need, you don't need that. And yeah. you can't access such a percent of it if you don't have the other pieces. And this I, is what, what we're seeing with like a VJ, right? He yeah. may only be a 1445K guy if he went all out. Not right now. He's way slower than that. Just, I mean, had, as just as focused as, on it. Yeah. Oh, the gotcha. Best as we've seen. I think yeah, he's yeah. right around 15 flat or under. But he keeps such a high percentage of that. Yes. But every second you get faster than around that 1440 in this sport, you lose minutes on the other end. And then you can't access that speed anymore. So yeah. Nick seems to be able to access it right now. Yeah. Yeah. It was, a, it was a really good course for him and he was really excited to get after us. Yeah. And, and you see like, like Hawk call might be doing what Nick used to do. And I used to do just like, not like just worrying about the running mm-hmm. for him to like the, the, to get caught in that hoist like that. And that's yeah. why when you picked him for a short course athlete of the year, I was like, he's just not strong enough 
the second team I think he picked him on. I was like, ah, stuff like this is going to happen. He's going to lose time just because he's not strong. Just enough. think, hot, it was hot call because there's only one slot for super. Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah, yeah. Hot calls, hot calls career since he, you know, in the past year, he could have easily got second. He was leading a U.S. National Series race at Utah. Still got leading third. This one, yeah. Miss, missed the podium by one second here. Like, the future's bright. Did you guys Ooh, see Hoist? Two voice. It's true. Yeah. Two voice. Did you see Nick Mask jump off of the A-frame? Yeah. <laughs> I was I was talking, was, I was talking to him before, and he's like, I'm a little nervous about this A-frame. And I was like, really? I'm like, it's a weird one to be nervous about. He's like, can you if you get your foot on that metal bar, can you jump off of the A-frame? I was like, I'm not sure if that's You're possible. A stunt man, but yeah. <laughs> I was like, maybe you could clear that. <laughs> Looks like you got one horizontal like strap below the bar and just went and just did it. Went yeah. for it. I was like, that's that's a way to do it for that's sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so coming back around, I still think Batchers was the best pick of this draft. Mine, mine was the best for value, but like we had a chance to take Batchers. Like, yeah. realistically, any of us could have. Best after Batchers was eighth place, or besides Nick. And then you picked up Chris Brown as a free agent, Bracken. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Which felt like cheating. I, I was very happy that if I would have kept Kent, it wouldn't have changed things because I would have felt bad. There was only yeah. one. St- dud like can't miss free agent out there yeah and i know we we kind of set the rule for kempson and woods but yeah, we like, should have lumped chris into that chris, chris came yeah. to the to the tent um the, the staff tent on like saturday at like 4 p.m he's like i'm doing it i'm doing it tomorrow i so knew he was gonna race and i planned on drafting him mm-hmm. and then i just didn't <laughs> I'll, I'll like, I, I didn't know, but i knew like he's gonna show up and race he's too yeah. competitive we got to assume now if there's a trail race at these. Uh, um, he's raced Big Bear before. He's, yeah. you know. If there's a trail race at an elite series race, then we'll just assume that he's on it. And you got to take him yeah. at your own risk. What's interesting is I don't think, have we seen him on a mountain against the studs? Yeah, he did Big Bear. And he got, he, he's had like 25th and like 20th, uh, 2019. I remember he was on Twister at the same time as Sean Stevens Whale and because I watched a bunch of the videos. You're right. To kind of prep for it. You're right. But since he's figured out obstacles, we haven't seen him. No. And no. on paper, he's the best mountain runner. Cause we saw him if we I would love to see him at like at Tahoe for the I beast saw if that him was somewhere. Briefly at Tahoe in the Ultra. And <laughs> yeah. He Star was line. running a pace that I would have gone out at if we were running a sprint at Tahoe. And then the next day, <laughs> top 20, he was leaving. He was, the, he was up the hill yeah. first. He was fourth or fifth to the top after being in like 40th, a half mile up. Yeah. So, so we haven't seen him yet. I'm excited to see him in the future. Yeah, me too. Me too. It's a bummer that there isn't a uh, 50K, 100K type of championship that it, it it jumps from a 50k to a, a, a 24 hour like that's not those aren't the same thing you know and no. chris might not be a 24 hour racer the way that he is like a 75k racer or something yeah like that. 60k stuff oh he, what i love to watch him atkins albin botris got at in a 50k Tyler. yeah Tyler. dude we need we got to put it on our ultra ultra race we could still do it i mean he ran 620s for 62 miles no one's touching that. That's fucking crazy. You know, <laughs> 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 you say things like that. It's just like, oh, a lot of people would would be on a bike at some point and be like, I still got to go ten miles an hour. Great, like that. Yeah. that's moving. <laughs> Was he under six twenties? I don't know. 
Ah, oh, just gross. So yeah, we may not have even seen him on his best terrain yet. So going from the best pick, which is Batris, to my pick, which is Josiah, which turned out to be the worst pick. The worst pick of the draft right there. Well, Renee and Josiah were probably the worst, the two worst picks. He was in that second pack. I'm pretty sure he was coming off a of helix mm-hmm. with the group that was right in front of Kent and Hunter. So he was in that mix. What happened? He had to have tweaked something or cramped. Like, there's no way. You ever see those guys that finish the like cross country races that are just hobbling? Yeah, their complete body shut down, end up like mm-hmm. crawling. Yeah. What, who the Oregon runner had happened to this year? Yeah, was not Cooper Tier. Uh, Cooper Tier. Cooper Tier. Yeah. Did something like that happen? <laughs> like, was he crawling this across the line? This isn't long enough. Like, he does longer than that for all of this Xterra stuff, though. So. I think that's know. more just getting it over. Like, I think that's when, like, you're having too much buildup of, C- of CO2. Like, you can't get rid of the CO2 fast enough just because, yeah. like, your, your breath rate is too high. I still can't imagine that that was happening to him. <laughs> but yeah. he must have missed a bunch of stuff or, or did get hurt or something. Yeah. I, I haven't yeah. heard. We'll see. I think Big Bear, he'll he'll be fine. He'll be recovered for it. You saw what he did last year at third place. Bad pick, bad race, very unexpected, but he'll move on. I know. And then on to yours with Kirk. This was another bummer. You had two bummers with Veerman and Kirk. Painful here. for me to watch my significant yeah. other go through that. <laughs> that, that yep. The spear, I know. Uh, I didn't. I didn't catch you guys recap. Did you talk about the spear situation? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Listen to the running public if you want to hear more on Kirk's story. It's sad. He spent 48 seconds at the spear throw before doing burpees. So <laughs> it's just a lot of time. It's a ton of time. It's all on video. I saw the video is it's com- the video's comical if it wasn't such a high stress, high stakes situation for our for our boy, but it's pretty ridiculous. Is he so, six six to ten otherwise? That doesn't happen. He told yeah. me. He didn't say this on the podcast because he's he doesn't want to be that guy who's always saying, Man, you know, back in the day I, we could have won state. But <laughs> He said he was in a group with Rylan, Atkins, and Tyler by Tyler choice. He, he said, now I was racing hard, obviously, and feeling it, but I still had choices. He said, I was I was choosing to stay there for a bit longer. His goal coming in was to run on Tyler. He didn't tell people this, but he's like, after racing him in Florida and knowing what he's capable of, I'm going to run the first two miles on Tyler. If it's totally untenable, I'll let him go a bit, but I don't think I'll pass him for a little bit. And then from there, he said, I've just been feeling so strong second half because his volume's up and he's been doing like these 12 and six, 15, 16 mile quality runs where he'll do like a 10 mile tempo in the middle. So his staying power is so good that that's what he was going to go to this race. Mm-hmm. And so everyone's got a, a story and a what if, but because I know his, it pains me to see he was with, he was ahead of Tyler in the same group with a guy just right behind a guy that uh, he said he was ahead of Atkins. Then Atkins was ahead of him, but Atkins put a little time on two obstacles right before spear. But so he's with that group and feeling I'm ready to burn a match here. And then, so yeah, 20th place doesn't tell the story of the race and you only are as good as your position, but he knows that he answered another question to himself that day. Yeah. Which is a good takeaway. Spent that time burning a match, untying knots, man. Jeez. What, what, like, that is just, I've never seen that. And then he said for the next Girl. 800 or so, he went from running 520s to 610, 620, and yeah. then got himself out of a funk and started working again. But yeah, Ugh. tough one. Tough one. Is he going to do the full series? 
He's not totally sure about Mexico. So, Jack, what do you have in front of you? How far back was he from the podium? Um, I don't have the the time. I didn't right pull now. the results either. Totally but I, no, I thought he was in. The, I thought he was in like the forty fives, and what was? I think Nick was like forty two ten. So you so take, take two and a half off of that. He's two and a half thirty off. to forty five seconds off. Yeah, yeah. So he's he's you know sixth. Could have would have should have of course, but yeah, yeah. sixth to eighth. Yeah. For stand sure. up for you don't accidentally end up next to Tyler and Atkins and Ryland three four. When he said that that race. group was he, they were constantly checking forward and back, and then checking Strava and stuff afterwards. He said we were consistently yeah. closer to the first group than the Kent Hunter Chase group was to us. Uh-huh. Hmm. So, so they, they felt more connected left. to the lead of the race than they felt to the chasers. I think that's yeah. fair, and that's that palpable fair. during a race. You always yeah. know, like, am I closer to making a move or getting caught? After Kirk was Mark, who was in that Mark Adet, who was in that second pack uh, as well. He held on. I haven't heard much from him. I didn't talk to him uh, much about the race itself, but it seems like he just kind of put himself in that spot. Um, he had a like, black hole finish. He did yeah. just fine. He gets that a lot. Yeah. Like, no one really notices him in eighth. He's famous. He could have done better and he could have done worse. He's just kind of right in the spot where, yeah, he did okay. It makes sense. This is where he, he, yeah. Should be right. You want him mm-hmm. to see take that jump where he is in fifth. Yep. I think is appropriate. Um, but it must have been the same thing. Just let that that pack got away. He was in the second pack, and then he, he, was, the, the he was the eleven guy taken. Finished eighth. It's a good pick. Mm-hmm. Good pick. Good pick. Um, and then Logan, I came back. I took Logan when I did my five, uh, Jack for for your contest. I had I picked without knowingly doing so i picked all of my five male athletes i picked vj atkins to get second decided to get third logan to get fourth hmm. and nick mass to get fifth so i was like it could happen it could. but of course like this for him he's he's kind of like dealing with a little bit of this and that like his it hasn't been incredibly consistent he said he just kind of put himself in that spot and he's just like all right this is what i got today <laughs> no, nothing, nothing really confuses me I don't have a read on his running because he looks very fast. Very and fast. on some terrains, he's very fast. But it's almost like if it's too flat, he doesn't have that type of speed. He has like an adaptable speed. Despite the marathon. West Virginia, he looked so fast. I watched him and I thought, I'll never be good in the sport again. I can't run with someone like that. And then he came out here and he probably felt that way for parts of the course. So I haven't figured out his running yet. I'm kind of in the same boat with that. Like in, and he'll say, he's like, well, I, I like to have trees to dodge around and like be nimble in and out of things. And I think that that's true. I don't think he slows down much when it, the terrain gets technical, but I think he's kind of at his high end output on, on like the bushwhacking stuff as it would be on flats. Yeah. He, he just is such a pretty runner that I think we always, assume he feels better than he does. Like there's that visual component to how he runs. You think, Oh, he still has so much more in him. Cause he just, he's a beautiful runner. Yeah. And sometimes we, I think we take it as like, look at how much room he has. And we may not know, like he might not be in great shape at the time or he may be hurting so much, but he looks so good. We're like, he's just going to crush people. And if his training's not on point right now because of injury or whatever, like that's enough in a race like this to lose a few spots. And he does a lot of things, right? Like he's still involved in Ninja Warrior things and he do, he is doing Boston again this year. So he's like not 
he, he gets a little mm-hmm. bit scattered, but when it's time to focus in, he he he's going to be ready to rock. But this and wasn't Bo- Boston was in April this year, right? So yeah, he's just doing freaking up. Boston twice a year now. Yeah, <laughs> that's how that works. Twice a year, whether I need it or not. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and then Lars was also kind of a bummer of a pick for you, Bracken. I think he was. I don't know where he was, but he missed something. He missed the spear, I think. Before the race, I said, I just need to see. Yeah. I said, I said, I just need to see more from him. I don't have a read on Lars yet. I know how good he can be on courses, but I just haven't seen enough. And I felt like I didn't even see anything this race. He had something go wrong. He finished back. It's a super fast course. It's like, I don't even apply this to you, Lars. (laughs) Throw it out the window and let's, let's reload for the next one. It, It changed nothing I feel about him. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. Like, yeah, that that was fine. And he he might go win Utah or Big Bear. This this has no bearing on his season, I don't think. I'm sure he's disappointed, but I I put no stock in this result. This reminds me of a uh, like Ian Hosick's start of his year in 2019, where he was like 13th in uh, Jacksonville, Jacksonville, and then he was like 20 something th in in. Uh, Alabama, I think, or Aaron was like that too. Both those guys actually. Mm-hmm. And then when it came to the mountain races, they were top five at Tahoe for the world championships. So like, yeah, yeah, yeah. this doesn't mean, this doesn't mean anything. <clears throat> and then Glenn, your boy, he must've been the next, the, the next, next pack, the fourth pack. I don't know what happened to him. I, I, I guess nothing happened, but he chased Kent right out of the, the spear throw. He was in between Kent and Hunter coming off the spear. I mean, maybe he just lost. That's where he finished. I mean, Logan got in front of him, and that's yeah. that's kind of where he finished. I suppose that's it. Nothing happened. He ran a good race. He ran a good race. I think so. He's the oldest person in the field, other than maybe Josiah. Yeah, didn't run a good race. Um, so yeah, Glenn, Glenn was good. I I give it up for him for sure. And he looked good in the video I saw. The next pick here was up. I picked up Alicia Keeker, who. Who didn't? Who didn't show? Who did I draft? Oh, Miranda. Miranda Kaplinski ended up Kaplinski not coming. Did not go. Um, yep. Picked up Alicia. She finished twelfth, which is appropriate. I think mm-hmm. this is right where she kind of needed to be. It's a good step for her. She scored on my team, which is which I'm happy about for someone off waivers. And uh, yeah, she's gonna. She's one who's gonna be needing to take that step. Where last year her top finish was tenth at yeah. Nashville, but she was mostly kind of like in the twenties, eighteen to twenty five ish range. So to come out here on the opening race, which is historically going to be the most stacked and get 12th, she's right. She was right in that pack with, with like the Faye, Ashley O'Hara, uh, Ashley Heller, like um, finished in front of Casey Monroe, which is a good, which is yeah. a, a beat good Casey, beat Lacey. Beat Lacey too. Yeah. yeah. So this is good. I think this, this is overall good. And, for her and that whole spot. pack could have been anywhere with all with everyone on the uh, the A frame cargo net could have shaken. She up was just ahead. She was she yeah. was right behind. Oh, she, oh, was she, of that. she just she got, got off. Okay. Then then it was it was Casey who started that. It was like Casey and then okay. Lacey was a Casey started it. Lacey ended it. So it was like thirteen to seventeen. Gotcha. Um, all the ACs. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and she was right with Ashley O'Hara, which would have been a good a good win as well. She could have gotten further, yeah. but they were like seven seconds apart or something. Really close. Gotcha. It's funny you watch someone on a different venue, and it's hard to apply that to something else. Last time I saw her was High Rocks, right? And I couldn't even picture her running OCR. <laughs> like I didn't have any image in my mind. And she went out there. I'm like, oh, she's she's good at OCR too. Good job, Alicia. Yeah, she she's good. She and she's. And we know how to say her name now. Keeker, not Keeker. Yeah, Keeker. So Jackie took this was a a pick that was a little bit. Who who we didn't expect, right? A Hannah Holmes pick. Yeah. Roll the dice. Roll the dice. 
it's a good game. Place. A lot of the, the big names are already off the board. Let's take a chance. I, I saw Nicole Pictor to get top five on that's surprising, yeah. <laughs> but not really. I mean, she's on the dream team, so she's like, Yeah, she's gotta be great. Yeah, still uh, like no Alex, but yeah. 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 Um Hannah, I I just saw the potential of I watched her beat um whatchamacallit, Rose uh head to head, Ashley Ashley Heller head to head in a flat Colorado Springs course the year before. She was sitting in top five at OCR Worlds a few months later. You know, I, I just thought that she has some potential. I'm sure something went wrong and you know yeah i haven't heard i don't know what the deal is very few people do well in their first time you know at a, at a national series race so working out the bugs i'm sure where's she fine. where's she from like where she lives she, li- she lives in denver oh nice yeah, well so. she should have done she should have done just this exactly. shouldn't have been a terrain thing then nope and then ashley o'hara who was like Okay. I mean, she she's had she was fourth to open the season last year. I kind of just assumed that you know she might might have another strong start to the season. She looks she was sitting in top five at um, Big Bear for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, not a great descender, but great climber, and just her stride looks just very very fast in general. Isn't really intimidated by being with Rose and and some of the other top athletes. I just thought that you know might be another good start to the season. Eleventh isn't bad, but I just kind of expected a little better. Yeah, you'd like to see her up in that like five, like an Ariel type. Yeah. I would I wouldn't have been surprised. She's good enough like to do it. Six, seven, eight. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. For sure. Um then I picked Lacey here, who finished seventeenth. Mr. Spear, first race back from ACL, uh, mm-hmm. held up. So this is more just like a rust buster on her end. And like wasn't that big back. Could have been thirteenth. Yeah. Did you see her uh her experience at Starbucks? No. So she went to Starbucks got a coffee and you know, they always like uh, half the time they spell your name wrong. Um, oh, they, wrote, yeah. they wrote lazy instead of lazy. And she's <laughs> like, I don't know if I should be offended or if that's awesome, but it's a tough one. It's a tough yeah. one. Um, and then like, we'll finish up these last two or three women's pick with Faye Morgan, who is eighth again. Unbelievable. Always. You called it. You're like, she, she's going to finish top eight. Like usual, like. Unbelievable. And these, 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 the field isn't getting worse. You know, she keeps bringing it. I think she's very smart in how she races. She'll put herself in, uh, like, Invention. in content, but, like, not overextending herself. I don't like what we and talked then, with uh, earlier with Bracken where she's more tactical, um, like Hobie got later in old his Hobie. career. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Faye, Faye knows her, her skill set, and she beats people that on on paper you'd probably think she probably doesn't belong with, but – over and over again, she just keeps proving it. And, you know, I, it's amazing to see last that long. Like, if, if it's ninth overall and she still exists next pick or uh, next draft that we do, she better get taken next. Got to take, like, it, just the way that she's able to do it. Like, uh, Bracken, your the Faye pick, you back as an athlete, came through for you, scored on the team. Yep. Ninth overall pick. Just misery liable for me. Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. Just coming through. Sorry, I had to bug out for a second. We had a, a delivery here. I thought I'd sign for it. I don't. We covered for you. We nobody yeah. we, nobody would have known. We had it. Sorry, right. I don't want to. I don't want to deceive the public. <laughs> and then, then you had Casey Monroe after Faye, who, um, yeah, it doesn't seem to be quite up in up to her her standard. Like last year, she was consistently like fifth and sixth for the first like yeah. four or five. She got Did she have an off season injury? 
I think she had a midseason injury last year. Is that what it was? And I don't know. Is it toe? I don't know. I'm not sure. But she did make a post about like, I keep making the same mistakes of not listening to my body type of thing, yeah, um, which yeah. she has said that she does. Like she will, she's really tough and super competitive. So she can just like, she just will do more yeah. stuff. Um, but I think like, you know, it's not the result that you want. Yeah. Uh, we talked about Nick Mass coming through. Keeper. Yeah, we're going to have to see how he does in the mountain stuff. Where's he from? He's from Eastern Oregon. Eastern. That's so where he has, college, yeah. He has like trails and stuff available to him. I don't know how much mountain mountain running he's done. He's good on trails. Like he can he can roll on trails. He's a pretty fearless descender, but I don't <laughs> think I'm not sure if he's touched anything like 30 plus he, percent type of grade. He dropped Aaron Newell and Chris Brown in Seattle a couple of years, maybe last year. But I I also first noticed him when Aaron got fourth at Tahoe a couple, in 2019. Like a month before that, there was a Seattle race, and he beat Aaron handedly. And I talked mm-hmm. to him like I looked him up like this guy's legit. He's like, oh yeah, no. And and he Aaron told me um, last year he's like, if Nick goes to Abu Dhabi, I think he could podium. Like he, he's <laughs> He's been all in on uh, Nick for several years, and obviously, you've with being on Torque, like you, you've, he's been on your radar as well. But I think he beat Chris Brown last year. Knows. Yeah, yeah, he beat Chris Brown last year in that Seattle race, and he missed the spear. Yep, and still beat him. So we talked about him enough. Then Ashley Heller to finish it up with the ninth place finish with the final pick of the draft, fifteenth. So fifteenth woman taken finishes nine. Good value. That's pretty good. Pretty good value. Yeah. Good value. <laughs> Um, and then our wild cards, which didn't work out for Jack and I, I, I am, I, I was shocked that the two of our picks that neither of us, uh, had, had great wild card picks. Yeah. Like on and Johnny Lima, like several podiums between the two of them, like Johnny's won a couple. We know it's been a while. Um, and I guess, do we know what happened? He was on the start line, like he wore this red outfit and he was, you know, one of the first people charging down the hill. And that's, then I had to switch over to the women's race, but I don't know what happened later on if he just wasn't in it. I mean, 26 and 46, something happened. For both of them. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't see Johnny early and he wasn't as far back. So he, he may have been like in or around the Glen area and maybe he missed his spear or something, but he wasn't Kirkman's spear. Well, Kirk got twentieth. Okay, yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, yeah, doesn't explain on hell. <laughs> no idea what happened on hell and Josiah are, are mystery men right now. Yeah, a mush, a mush here. Jackie said, I, th- I believe you said in your, uh, you may have mentioned on the on the, on the the draft podcast, but talking to Hammond, doing a little preview, which was great, by the way. You look good on camera, man. You dro- you were dropping some knowledge. We'll see how you do with the live coverage. That, that's the that's the bigger thing. I don't know. Like I was talking a bit on um you know while i was it was like four women on the the thing i know david usually does like the narrating he's gonna still do that but i don't know if they're just gonna cut my voice and have him do the normal or leave what i'm saying on the course what if they just use your face and his words (laughs) just oh yeah best of both worlds yep just fake it but you had mentioned something like there's going to be somebody who's podiumed in a U.S. National Series race who's going to finish like 13th or 14th, right? Yeah. <laughs> but so that the the loser of that was Josiah, who's 56, and the second loser, yeah. was Angel, who was 45th. And then so, 
26 for John. Yeah. So yeah. Three less. So than I win that. Performances. Yep. I win that. Draft. And, and technically uh, it should have been 14 once Chris Brown, he, he's the, uh, the 14th, but I didn't know it at the time that I said it. Oh, so, nice. So yeah. we're, we're Bracken and Kirk correct actually. Cause you came through and recorrected them or were they right? Or they the total, lines? the total, if, if we included, yeah, Kempson and Woods, like it would have been up to this, but it turned out to actually be fourteen. I don't remember what they said on the on the podcast, but hey, so if I'm within two or three, yeah, of a Jack Bauer stat, I'm happy. That's no, they, like margin of error, very small right there. Like you, that that's at worst a tier two uh, stat right there from you. You're the kid in the cat class that throws off the curve. Like, <laughs> yeah, for you're... me to be somewhat close, that's a plus yeah, yeah. work, definitely. Yeah. And then you pick Chris Brown as your your wild card. Who's your initial wild card? Aaron Noel. Ah, right. Who, you know, I would no, love to have seen him. No disrespect. I don't think he's getting fifth. No. All right. Looking at this, yep. something we haven't talked about anywhere. I haven't heard this narrative, but there were only two athletes in the top five men and women combined who are from altitude. Hmm. When altitude is seen as like the great legal cheating right it it helps you so much and it does but there is like a an entire like historical record of athletes coming down from altitude and the faster and more intense the race it is the tougher it is for them to do like it takes somewhere around 12 to 14 days i think to be at your best coming down from altitude if you're not there in like the first it's kind of like going up to altitude it's like you got a day or two, or you might as well not show up for it. You better get there two weeks early. Yeah. And and I think it explains a little bit of the sluggishness that some of these people felt going out in low five pace and trying to hang on without climbs and carries because you, I mean, the US speed skating team bombed in an Olympics because they didn't come down at the right time. And I was just reading a bunch of stuff on the Norwegians and they all talk about one of the big things they were talking about was how they time coming down from altitude before races. And hmm. we just don't have a sport that supports people to the level where they can choose to come down two weeks early. But I wonder if there was some of that in these results. Yeah. Name, name them off. Like I'm seeing VJ Hawk. VJ well. and Hawk were the only two in the top five yeah. men or women. Where's Emma? Calgary, Canada. That's not like how like she's near some, she's mountain time. Uh, I don't she know has access to mountains, but probably she might not, not be at altitude. Yeah, just a guess. So the so, highest consistent finishers were like six, seven, eight, nine, ten. That that slot there of people who were just off that pack. You had Rylan, Rose, Kent. Um, I don't know if we can count Hunter or not because he's back and forth from altitude. Just, well, he lives on a plane, so that's altitude. So. But a bunch of those people in that chase pack who didn't bridge it are all altitude people. That's in five seconds per mile difference. That's the difference between first pack and chase pack. And I'm guessing this is because mechanically you can't get to the place where you need to go at altitude, right? Like if you would need to run five minutes, you're, you're really running five tens. And that's like the same uh, that it would be on your, like that can fuel your muscles, but you never really can get to that point where you need to go. Is that kind of the idea? That's part of it. So your muscles aren't really used to it. There's also this piece that you have heavier air you're actually breathing and on your oxygen transport system, it's just a little less efficient at moving that 
that with that consistency of oxygen, that percent present. And it takes a, a few days just to get used to like shuttling correctly. And I'm mm. sure there's more science behind it that I'm not aware of, but I am like, you see it over and over in all speed and endurance sports that the shorter your event, the more you have to come down from altitude marathon, you can drop down whenever you want. But for like yeah, where's it mile, stop? mile through probably 5k, 10k, somewhere mm. in there, people like to get down, you know, 10 to 12 days, 14 days wow. prior. Interesting. Interesting. Not too many people have that luxury though. <laughs> and it's key to get a workout or two in of intensity right. before that. Yeah. And we just don't have that, but I, I, I don't want to put too many excuses in, in, in people's baskets here, but interesting if some of these people who are like, man, I was just a little off. If that's going to be paid back to them at these altitude races. Do you, do you think that if, if it was a beast on the same course where you're holding a little bit slower, different, that'd be fine. It that'd be a fun beast for sure. It's the fast start. I still like that it was a super bottom line that, that I think this live coverage is going to be fantastic. (laughs) Unbiased opinion. The men's race, not not just the one that I was covering. I'm not, this is my first time being a rabbit. It was probably trash. So it's going to be the greatest thing that we've seen. It's going to be fun to watch because usually these races sort out around a mile or two, someone breaks out and then it's just a thing stretch. And we haven't seen the, the turnover and positioning to this level before. Yep. Yeah. So it sets up well, be a big bear in like a while. It's eight weeks. So we're going to see 14th, some. Yeah. Yeah. So it's about eight weeks from now. So we're going to have some, so people are going to be in some different fitness. Uh, some different fitness is going to be needed for that race. We're yep. going to kind of go polar opposite. Well, even though the distance is the same as the super, but uh, the demands are going to be much, much different. Yeah. Um, My final takeaway here, boys, there is a difference between being the best and knowing how to win. And VJ showed me a little something this weekend. When you're the favorite and you're the best and you blow people away from the gun, that's impressive. When you stalk and run people down like he did at Big Bear, that's another layer layer of impressive. But when people keep surging past you and you have to stay on it and find a way to get a victory, like that's that final level of now you can win at any sort of course you can learn, you, you can win on any sort of tactic that's out there. That is a championship style of racing. Yeah. The more reps he's going to get at that. Cause usually we don't see people like Batchers up there battling. Batchers didn't give him an inch and like shouts to him for doing that. Cause usually VJ yeah. just kind of runs away and then he's gone. But yeah. so this was not that. So the two good, of them good, good take away. The two of them, Batras and VJ, had the most podiums ever on California soil heading into it. It's added to it. God damn it. So like you knew that stat and you didn't pick Batras. That's your fault. I know. I That's your up. fault. Yeah. I had it on my cheat sheet. I didn't end up going with the uh, you know, the the wrist thing, like the quarterbacks. I had a, a laminated sheet to help me out. How far is Glenn behind on that list? Uh, good question. I'll get it. <laughs> no, no, literally. You're not, you're not wearing the wristband now. No, no, I, I got it on the other side of the room. Uh, Glenn's probably up there. I know that like Hobie and and everyone else, um, they had like ten early on. Okay, so we got our our cheat sheet. Oh wait, that's the women's one. <laughs> all right, Met, all right, we've got VJ twenty six. This is before the race. VJ twenty six now twenty seven. Batris 
19, now 20. Glenn is 18, tied with Ian Dyerly. So wow. interesting. I wouldn't yep. have thought VJ had that many podiums in California. Yeah. Well, he, he's so what, young. He used to live there, right? Yeah. yeah. Glenn's lived there his whole life. Botchers has. Yeah. VJ's been podiuming in California since he was in diapers. He's do, And he's back-to-back. He's doing yeah. doubling up a lot. Yeah. Um, all right, boys. So we'll be back in action here soon. But uh, yep. until then, I appreciate everybody hanging out with us. The undefeated season has begun. For VJ. And Lindsay, right? <laughs>